0: Hello and welcome to the Bravo Outsider Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Midwinter. Joining me today is Sandy Kloak. Sandy, how's it going? It's going well. Awesome. Glad to hear. And we're very pleased to be joined by Zach Fraser.
1: I'm the king of this shit because I always get the royal flush. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's that, good. That, that feel, that's yeah, that good. felt appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: great. <laughs> what was your inspiration for your tagline?
1: Um, I was taking a shit and uh, I was like, <laughs> you know what? That'd be funny. You know, I was trying to think of like sort of, yeah, puns. Punniness was kind of a common one. I had another one I wanted to go with. Um, I don't know if you know the band, the Silver Jews. They're like a 90s indie rock kind of group related to pavement. Um, if you know that band, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But one of their famous lines is in 1984, I was hospitalized for approaching perfection. So that would be my alternate one.
0: (laughs) Really, really (laughs) stoked to have you here. Um, so I stumbled upon one of your video essays and this is like, just ended up being perfect timing because you did a video yeah. essay about uh about magic mike and uh, you did an amazing exploration of like masculinity uh positive masculinity within the film and it's also just like a, a really like heartfelt love letter to the film and one of the things that you talk about that really kind of resonated with me was like um how it does a great job of like exploring themes kind of subtly, and also like it approaches character development through this natural apo- approach to dialogue and conversation. And mm-hmm. like when you were talking about that, I was like, oh, I need to get him to watch Housewives with me. <laughs> so I reached out, and uh, I'm so I'm so happy that that you could be here and uh, and join us for this. And it happens to be an episode that is. Hev- heavily featuring Magic Mike Live, uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, I I was like, is this? Could he have
1: known? Was this <laughs>
0: on purpose? <laughs> um, so going into this, what sort of re- what was your context for reality TV? Um,
1: so I've I've watched a decent amount. I I was a I was a TV kid. You know, born 1995. So uh, we watched a lot of television in my house and I had two older sisters. One was 10 years older. The other was like four. So they, you know, like reality TV was on. Um, Like Bachelor would be on sometimes, but it was mostly like the trashy MTV VH1 like love competition stuff, you know. Oh, like, yeah. Like uh, Rock of Love and Flavor of Love, you know. Yeah, and I was I was raised on um, <laughs> on that kind of stuff. Um, and and then you know, like I was I watched some of the early days of like Keeping Up with the Kardashians because I would.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Like
1: literally, I was like I would watch everything. You know, that's how much TV I watch. I jump from Cartoon Network to <laughs> to E. You know. Hollywood story episodes and and yeah reality tv was was part of the rotation um so like i'm not unfamiliar with reality television um but for a while once like you know streaming kind of took over i wasn't watching tv as much i didn't need to channel flip to whatever was on um so i didn't you know i didn't gravitate towards reality tv um until sort of recently you know when i was making videos more commonly as I'm not uh, frequently doing that as much anymore. I wanted to make a video on the bachelor specifically um, because I kind of thought like I, as someone who's I'm someone interested in like polyamory um, as a, you know, a relationship philosophy. And I was kind of interested in like shows that explore people who, you know, are like having multiple relationships, but also have to choose one, like, you know, whittle it down to monogamy. Um, so I never like fully ended up doing that, but I did watch like three seasons of the bachelor and took very detailed notes. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was, I was deep into that and the bachelorette. I watched one of those, but
0: yeah, that's a, a really interesting idea. Cause it like, after saying that it seems obvious that, you know, um, it makes sense that you would be able to do a, like a read of the bachelor and the bachelorette through a polyamorous lens, but not something that I had like, obviously thought of as like the first like place place to go so um yeah i'd definitely be curious to hear uh hear your thoughts on that
1: maybe maybe someday (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So we had a lot of Housewives episodes to choose from this week. Um, We said we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and then I'm not sure if you caught Real Housewives of Miami or not, but
1: awesome. I watched um. it all. I do my homework.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, did any of these kind of stand out to you as like more compelling than the others? So I think
1: um, like I, I'm Miami was the most cinematically interesting to me. Mm, like yeah. in terms of the craft of like the, the shot composition and like, it was like kind of insane. I was like, these are like really like they, they used to the depth of field and like tracking shots and transition. I know that's like a weird thing to focus on, but, um, that one like was kind of compelling to watch in terms of just like how they're making it. Um, but in terms of, I guess like, um, you know, plot or characters, I think Salt Lake City had a, had a lot going on. Um, not that Beverly Hills didn't, but, um, I feel like Salt Lake City had had a lot more to chew on, maybe.
0: Awesome. yeah, let's let's dive into Salt Lake City then uh, what mm. were your what were your highlights here? What, actually let's start with your first impressions of each of the characters that you were introduced with? Oh God,
1: okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I'd <laughs> say like in this episode, like the main characters are like Monica, Lisa, and Heather, right? like they're, they're the yeah. ones who have like the most going on. Um, Like I know uh, Whitney, you know, has like a her child's birthday party and, you know, a jewelry reveal. But those are kind of just backdrops to (laughs) other people's drama. Um, But uh, but yeah, I guess um, I'm trying to think Monica is a bit uh, kind of immature, like especially in her fight with Lisa. Like, you know, they're going at each other a bit. Yeah, childishly, like the way she's mocking her. That's kind of how, like, I know Monica, you know, like, I'm sure the stuff with her mom is real and, you know, important to her, but, um, you know, she can be catty, it feels. Um, Heather, oh, sorry.
0: uh, No, it's interesting that you kind of zoned in on the word childish because it, like, that definitely characterizes her approach to this. But I think, like, one of the strongest themes throughout Salt Lake city this season and, Mm -hmm. and especially in this episode is this, like um, it's kind of looking at the, um, at motherhood and the relationship between like mother and their, their child through a lot of different like lenses uh, throughout this season and how, and Monica's story, it, is like central to that. Like she has yeah. such a complicated relationship with her mother and to see her butting heads with Lisa and really regressing into like this childish state. Um, I thought was uh, a really interesting kind of manifestation of like how she handles conflict being so tied to her relationship that she has with her mother. Cause that's the person that she's used to like mm. having to fight all the time. So yeah. she reverts to being the child that is fighting their, fighting her mother. And I found it really interesting to see that crop up when she was uh, fighting with Lisa. So the
1: fight, like the, I didn't see the previous episode, but I saw some footage uh, and where they put Heather's head over a, a plant, <laughs> which is a classic <laughs> edit. Um, was, was the fight similar? Like, you, like so, the one that Lisa and Monica have and the one Lisa, or Monica and her mother have?
0: Um, it's, oh, it's not super similar. It's, so we're trying to really get a read. Monica's a brand new housewife. So we don't have the same context that we have, uh, of the other women on this cast. We're just kind of getting to know her and she's getting an edit that is like very sympathetic. It's painting her as very Mm -hmm. honest and her, like her, um, conflict with her mother, like stems back from when she was a child. She's got like severe abandonment issues, and um, mm. her mother just like comes across like very much like a, a narcissist. Um, so it, there's a lot of like deep seated conflict that her and her her mother have, and the main like fight that we see this season between Monica and her mother revolves around. Monica bringing her mom to an event that Angie hosted this Greek Easter that she had, um, and her mother not standing up for her in, in a fight and, you know, being like apologetic on Monica's behalf and, uh, just like not, not being her, her defender. And so that's another like conflict that you know has a lot more context within their relationship and and their past and you can see how you know it might be something that you could blow off if it was kind of a one time thing but it mm-hmm. it clearly doesn't seem to be it seems to be like a pattern and that's what Monica's really upset about yeah
1: now do we think Lisa has any grounds whatsoever to say the things she's been saying <laughs> in terms of like how she thinks monica's using this abuse to abuse is that is there any you know truth to that
0: do we think um i mean i the the sense that i get just like my personal reaction and you know obviously this is um very much colored by the lens that the editors you know present the Mm -hmm. the content with um But it seems to me very authentic, like Monica comes across as very authentic, not just in this conflict, but also, you know, the the spectrum of housewives that I have seen, you know, present this image of themselves in front of the camera. Um, It varies from being like extremely phony to very authentic. Mm And uh, Monica is definitely on the authentic side of of the spectrum in terms of how she comes across whether that's true or not i don't know i feel like we oh. haven't seen enough of her to make a final judgment on that but um her mother also seems very inauthentic and um reminds me a lot of a uh, a housewife ramona singer who is very much a selfish self-centered um narcissist personality okay um yeah Uh, did you have any other highlights from this episode um let's see see. one thing i just wanted to comment real quick
1: um i was kind of like not taken aback but it was just like kind of jarring like the talking head sections like just how like it felt like a green screen i think and like especially monica she's wearing this (laughs) like this like extra like extravagant, like ball gown almost with these puffy shoulders <laughs> and like, like she's all made up. It was just like, I, I feel like when you watch like a bachelor, you know, that's where I'm coming from. Right. And it's like, right. Those, I feel like they try to make those sort of authentic and maybe in the moment, at least appear that way. And so it was interesting just to just be like, Oh no, this is just they're in a different place. They've had their own makeup done for this specific shoot. Uh, that was just kind of a fun, jarring little, uh, little, little, bit of the show um i'm trying to think uh lots of dr pepper shout outs in this one i'm appreciative of that
0: Uh, (laughs) i was trying to figure out what was
1: going going on with that (laughs) yeah like even at the uh the jewelry thing i'm like what who's serving dr pepper at this kind of event (laughs) i mean the kids it makes sense um, is
0: there caffeine in dr pepper if it's caffeine free then that might explain it because salt lake city would have us like a big mormon population there's there. there's caffeine
1: in that not a lot probably like 50 milligrams but per can um oh, yeah weird i guess like uh heather was interesting to me in that like coming in without context i was like is she mormon no she's not she's not mormon she's like happier daughter isn't doing Mormon things, but she really cares what Lisa's doing. Um, so that was kind of an interesting conflict. It kind of reminds me of as an ex Catholic, you know, I grew up, you know, raised in Catholicism or whatever it, like, I do have these moments where like, like someone is like, who like says they're Catholic and doesn't do it right. I'm like, you know, that's, that's not actually how you should be doing it. And it's like, what do you care? You don't even believe in God. Like, um, so I kind of get her, uh, I get where she's coming from, but I, I, it was interesting to see that sort of that conflict happening. I don't think it was like super explored in this episode. Um, you know, there's like the, she didn't get to go to the brunch. Um, that was kind of the big thing, but they, they sort of, they seem fine. You know, it didn't, didn't blow up or anything. So that was good.
0: Yeah. It seemed like we almost got a little bit of resolution to that conflict between Heather and Lisa at Whitney's party, or, um, it seemed like there was a little bit of peace made. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, this, the relationship that Heather has with the, the Mormon church is very, very like complicated and, um, uh, she's she's left the church, but still, um, still very much concerned about the rules of what it means to be a Mormon and what it mm-hmm. means to not be a Mormon. And the fact that Lisa does like doesn't really care that much, and like is able to get away with not adhering to those rules as much as uh, Heather feels like she should is um, is really interesting.
1: Did, did Heather do something wrong and get kicked out or she just left of her own accord?
0: Yeah, she left. um, Sandy, you can maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that she left when she divorced her husband. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think that her family just like, and all her support network really sided with, um, with him and and the church. And yeah, I think. That's where it comes from, but I'm she not entirely got sure. got kicked
2: out. Did she get kicked out when she got divorced because you can't get divorced? I can't remember, but um, it's definitely possible.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure, but I know that, so Monica similarly has, definitely got kicked like out. she was raised in the church and I think she got kicked out, but her affair partner and her husband didn't get kicked out even though they divorced I I I'm not really sure how that all works. Oh god.
2: Shockingly yeah. the women get the worst uh end of the stick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Mormonism? Very what? I know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 My god. <laughs> um did you have any other highlights in Salt Lake City Zach? Um
1: oh wait, well one, uh, two, two lines I kind of thought were funny. Um, Monica's saying to Heather, like literally ever since I said Lisa's materialistic and Heather's like, she's ignored you. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> don't do that. And then the very end of the episode, I think I forgot. I didn't watch to the very end, but like for the next episode, some, I think Heather's asking Mary, like, do you think I look inbred? And then she says, I do. <laughs>
0: That's a beautiful so, clip. Have,
1: yeah, yeah. Have fun next
0: well, episode. That'll mm-hmm. be good. You can be there yeah, too. And Zach. that's coming from yeah. you can that's watch it for the that's rest true. of the season
2: for the rest of your life too. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And that that's coming from Mary, who is married to her like step grandfather. So Like, she does have some authority on, like, what it means to be inbred, I guess. It's step, I guess, but, like,
2: still. We got no Mary this episode. I'm sad for Zach.
0: Yeah, Yeah. like, you were talking
1: about it last episode. I'm like, who the fuck is Mary? I was like, oh, she's in, like, a flashback saying someone flew out of a car and died. (laughs) And I'm like,
2: what? She's got some sound bites. She doesn't Uh like to go to any events, so. And she just had a fight with Whitney, so I guess she was not eligible for
0: <laughs> you yeah. being involved in these.
1: <laughs> she couldn't come to Bobby's party. She was going to say some weird shit. Exactly.
0: Uh, Sandy, uh, wh- what were your highlights from Salt Lake City?
1: Um,
2: okay, Salt Lake City, I... This had a slow start. I wasn't too impressed with the episode. I was actually, my husband was in the room. He never watches with me, uh, but he was playing his computer game on the couch because we have a TV now in our living room. New, exciting <laughs> development over here. Ooh. So he, I was kind of disappointed because he was sort of paying attention. I'm like, this one's not really as good as usual. But at the end, <laughs> the fight with Monica and Lisa really made it made it great. And that was throughout, yeah. throughout, but there was a build. So they started fighting at the roller rink, which I have to say roller rink is a weird place to have a Hawaiian themed party, like no windowless dark <laughs> pit of a place. So th- that kind of freaked me out a bit. So, uh, but yeah, the, the, the build up with Monica and Lisa was amazing As you said, Zach, Monica is extremely childish and she seems to know exactly how to get under the skin of someone like Lisa Mm -hmm. and perhaps her own mother. Uh, So that was really fun to watch. Lisa got in some jabs. I can't remember when, but she said, like, no one wants to be your mother or something. And that was, that was pretty (laughs) harsh. Oh, yeah. So they were, they were going low. I did not appreciate the age shaming that Monica was doing to Lisa, but otherwise thoroughly enjoyed that fight. Yeah. And like, just the (laughs) fact that they could not keep it together at this sound bath, as I've said before to Craig, this is my absolute (laughs) favorite thing when like parties are ruined by absolutely absurd fighting. So I really enjoyed it. And there was this moment when um, they were talking and I think Whitney had just said, everyone, please be quiet, speaking specifically to them. And you could see them both stop for a second, but Monica had just gotten the last word. And you see this like look on Lisa's face. She's like, (laughs) Monica, you just acting crazy. And she just couldn't stop herself. You just see it coming out of her. And I just thought that was beautiful. So, and I found Angie's, Angie's involvement in this little situation was really odd. And I really want your take on that, Craig, because they kept, she, she kept saying like, I feel so uncomfortable. I'm just in the middle of this guys. Like, I know. but you, you could walk away. Oh no God. one needs you no. here. So I guess it was just like getting scene time. But I thought that was so yeah. weird. Cause she, she was just kind of there and it was, we didn't need her, but I mean, it was kind of fun that she was forcing herself into that. So, I loved it all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of confused why she was sticking around there as well. My like, my gut is always to be like, oh, because housewives is such an information game. It's like she wants to be there to see like what comes out or oh, like yeah. you know if there's going to be something that's going to impact her or someone like like spews out something that she has said and like spills the beans on some shit talking that Mm -hmm. she's been doing but um it doesn't seem so far in the season that she really has any like secrets that she's kind of protecting that Mm -hmm. lisa and monica could potentially you know ruin so i don't know yeah i i think you're right sandy i think it was just to be like to have some screen time and so that she wasn't just like awkwardly milling about because there wasn't anyone else there from from the cast sure. aside from, you know, Whitney, who was busy. I,
1: what does Whitney think? Like, imagine it's like, oh, this is what they think is important. Not this whole jewelry <laughs> event, which, again, is a set for this fight. You know, it's like and she just has yeah. to stand there and take it. And everyone in the room is like, okay, this, yeah, let it go. Let it happen. This is the, this is the scene.
2: That is. And there's a lot of pretty fake events that things happen at. So. Okay.
0: (laughs) I I feel like Whitney probably loves it. Whitney just loves (laughs) chaos. I, that's one of the things I appreciate about her is, you know, she is an agent of chaos and is constantly manipulating people uh, to do her bidding She's actually, I think, one of the only cast members on Salt Lake City that um, has that kind of calculated, like chess player's mentality when when it comes to approaching, like being a, a housewife. She seems like she's the most calculated uh, of of the whole group. Um, so I think that she would she would love it. I mean, it, it's it's more screen time for her brand. Like I don't think she cares as much about the people in the room as the people at home. And you know, that fight guaranteed that this event is going to be shown. It's not just going to be, you know, uh, a flashback to (laughs) this, this party Mm -hmm. that she had that they're referencing at some point. Um, So I, I feel like she was, you know, she obviously had to seem displeased, but I think, I think she ultimately would be pretty satisfied with that. Okay.
1: She left like rubbing her hands like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Sandy, did you have any other highlights from Salt Lake City?
2: No, I don't think so. I'm good.
0: Cool. How yeah, about you, Craig? I, uh, I, think, I think we covered most of like what I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I thought that the relationship that Whitney has with her daughter is – Um, it it was just a really sweet scene of her kind of like watching her daughter, like grow up in a moment, like going through this glam process. I thought Mm -hmm. it was just a very like short aside, but I really loved seeing that, especially because, um, I think we're getting a lot of dimension to Whitney as a character this season. We're seeing her trying to balance, you know, her husband going back to work with, and her like role as like assuming a lot more household responsibility and um you know that just kind of falling into her lap and being undiscussed with justin and him not really um putting a lot of thought into just what gets put on on her plate while also trying to you know launch a new brand and being a real housewife a reality person is a job and being in season so i i think that We are seeing, um, we're getting a lot of layers to Whitney and I just appreciated seeing that because, um, I don't know, I I feel like Whitney is very underrated. She's like my favorite on on this cast, but I think that that's not really a sentiment that's shared across the fan base. So being able to see um, kind of a more uh, uh, well-rounded character evolve with Whitney is, is something that I appreciated. Is she in the other episodes? (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I was just going to say, I think like, (laughs) 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 no, Whitney's a, like a presence throughout the, the show, but, um, I think the, the fan base seems mostly a little like lukewarm. No, one's like calling for her to be off the show really, but, um, I also don't see her reference as being one of the, like the marquee housewives here, like the the mm-hmm. stars of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It seems to be like it was like the Lisa Barlow show, and you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, prior to this season, it was the Jen Shaw show because like she was an icon, and now she's in jail. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that Whitney has kind of like flown under the radar. So I'm uh, I'm liking seeing her kind of get a more elevated profile this, this season. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. Did you want to talk about uh, Beverly Hills or Miami next, Zach? Whichever y'all, y'all, y'all lead the way. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just riding (laughs) the wave. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's jump into Beverly Hills. This is the one I'm most excited to talk about. Um, Zach, what were your highlights from Beverly Hills? Well,
1: um, <laughs> there was the, you know, the centerpiece, the magic Mike show. Um, although I guess it was kind of the, the Sutton show, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe against her will. Um, I think, yeah, I guess there's this question Is she, did she leave because she was offended or did she leave because, well, why was she offended? Was she offended by the sexual acts or was she offended by not being chosen. Um, I, I, I don't know her well enough to know if she is telling the truth and it's just because the, you know, the head and the crotch kind of moved. Did he rub <laughs> or was he just kind of, like, down there? You know, was he just near it? I forget.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of like in stunt fighting where you have to, like, if you're punching, you're kind of, like, punching across the axis yeah. between the camera. And, yeah, it was <laughs> stunt kind of lingus, I guess. Gotcha. What oh, was okay. going on yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, know. was... That was too much for her. Um, yeah. So as, yeah, as I mean, an outsider, what was your, what was your gut? Like, what do you think was Sutton's motivation? I don't know. I guess,
1: oh God, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, they muddy the waters because that afterwards she's like saying like, I want to have sex twice a day and <laughs> I've got all these sex toys and I'm reading, a am reading the tantric book on sex. She's reading like, oh, what's, <laughs> what's the name of it? The, the Kama Sutra and shit. Like, yeah what do you like? (laughs) (laughs) It felt like almost a joke or something like a setup and a payoff. It's like, Oh, that's disgusting. But also watch me like masturbate. It's like, what the hell? You know, not that she does that, but, um, (laughs) so yeah, I don't really know what to take away from it. I mean, it seems unlikely that, um, she was just upset for not getting taken down, but, and I guess like it was also the reputation thing. She was like, "Would a would a ballet board member or whatever, yeah. you know, do, <laughs> yeah. be be seen doing this kind of thing?" Which, in the third Magic Mike, um, there's a great performance at the very end where a ballet dancer is with Channing Tatum and do this amazing act in like water and they're sliding around and shit. So, ballet dancers can be seen yeah. in that environment. It's <laughs> all right. Um, not that she's the dancer, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know.
0: what do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, Sandy, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this. I
2: think she maybe maybe a little of both. Clearly she had some sort of interest in getting involved in this show, but it also may have overwhelmed her and perhaps she was feeling a combination of some disappointment and guilt at that very disappointment that made it uh, manifest in that exact way. Uh, I wonder what the... That she's on the board of felt about her naming them several <laughs> times <laughs> probably didn't help with the, with the reputation. But or no, I shouldn't say that. But the the very concern she had. Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I guess that it's she's she's a complex character, and what I can say about her is mm-hmm. she's acting authentically uh, and is not not strategically here. So what we're seeing is is real, whatever. I think, at least. I don't know. What do you think, Greg?
0: Yeah, I mean, this was my, my favorite thing on Bravo this week was seeing this portrait of Sutton that we got. I thought it was amazing. And, you know, I think that this, as a fan of Sutton, like as a housewife that I want to root for, I don't think this was a particularly great episode. And that's mostly because of the scene that we got early on where she's kind of like... Um, bossing around her assistant and not like handling things well i think that paints her in a very like negative light and it was interesting the choice to include that leading up to this um this fit that we got but i think the journey that we've gotten for sutton's character this season so far has been like she's clearly looking for to reinsert herself into the dating scene but um Ultimately what was going on here it felt like she was she had a big decision that was that she was making during this episode and that was do I wear the pants or like do I not wear the pants and it was really like do I go out in something that I am going to feel like comfortable in and like feel more like i'm in my my skin or do i put the pants on because i want to get on stage and she was trying to make a decision in terms of which is like um where where how is she gonna feel most desired like it was like am i gonna feel more desired if i'm going out in like Clothes that I'm comfortable in, that I feel confident in, or if I wear something where I've got the opportunity to get pulled on stage and like be, um, you know, worship to use a word that you use in your video essay by the performers on uh, on stage in uh, the Magic Mike, and I think she made this decision and immediately kind of like regretted it when she wasn't one of the first people to get pulled up and then was completely embarrassed and feeling rejected and undesired. And we see her like curl up into like a ball and, um you know, and, and self-destruct because people start asking her, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? And that just like kind of makes things worse. It just piles on like she feels like um, people know that she's uncomfortable and she has to come up with some sort of answer for it and you know she just goes she reaches into her back pocket and like pulls out like, the prudish response of you know thinking that this is below me as like a southern you know um you know southern Belle. yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah. and I think that she realized afterwards that you know she's going to come off as prudish and that's not like that's not who she really is or that's not the journey that she wants to be seen as being on and that's not the character that she wants to be Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: she immediately like goes hard in the other direction takes a like complete left turn and that's when she starts bringing up all of the like um You know, I've got all these sex toys and I've been like reading all these books and, you know, leans hard in the other direction. I think that that's why it felt like like you get whiplash trying to figure out what she was going through. But this journey was like so complicated and like so emotional for her that I just thought it was very like compelling. And I did feel sympathetic Um, But that is definitely undermined by how she treated her assistant at the beginning of this episode. It like does not set you up to be sympathetic towards her. Right. Well, I think
1: her and Kyle going at it, like, I mean, there are both, I I guess with what you've just said about sudden, it makes me feel more sympathetic, even if she was kind of mean to her um, assistant, but um, they're sort of going back and forth and like, they're both like, kind of misreading each other. Like, I guess, yeah, Kyle is, like, saying that... Kyle is saying that Sudden is making a big deal out of this. Um, And, like, she really wasn't... Like, I I mean, by virtue of the fact that you're a real housewife on a show, like, your emotional reaction, unfortunately, like, is an action. You know, like, even if it is just kind of, like, walking out of a place. Like, she she didn't... I don't think she told anyone to come with her. She wasn't like, let's get out of here, guys. This sucks. She just left by herself as she says. Um, So Kyle is kind of misreading that, but um, Kyle is saying like, you just said it was about your reputation and like sudden is like denying it like moments after having said these sorts of things. So yeah, it was, it was definitely confusing, but I think given what you just said, it kind of makes more sense that sudden is just grasping, you know, and like trying to keep face basically um, after all that. So I think Kyle is a little, um, you know, uh, being a little harsh, but you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because uh, we don't see it in this episode, but Kyle is definitely going through her own journey with her relationship, her long-term relationship Um, with her husband, Mo. And, um, it does seem like she's being very opportunistic to like pounce on Sutton and, um, you know, make a big deal out of this. I don't know what is fully motivating that, you know, antagonistic uh, approach that she's taking with son. But uh, yeah, it did. That also did stand out to me for sure.
1: Yeah. It felt like kind of making a mountain out of a molehill, like on Kyle's side. It's like, just let her go and not enjoy it. Like it's, it could have been fine, you know, Um, but that wouldn't have made for as interesting TV, I realized, So,
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Kyle's approach to it was like, I don't know it. It brought out in me as a viewer like it. It was definitely like borderline bullying. Like she would yeah. not drop it, but and she was like joking about it. And um, you know, I laughed while watching it because it was humorous how she was like drilling into it, but mm-hmm. like. To in retrospect, be like, oh yeah, she made me feel like one of the mean girls by like <laughs> yeah, yeah. going in and like clearly just like laughing at someone that's prodding at someone that is having a hard time. Um, you know, that's a that's a, an emotion that I had to resolve at the end of watching <laughs> watching that scene. Yeah. Um, Zach, did you have any other highlights from Beverly Hills? Let me see.
1: Well, I mean, I guess like the final scene where you know the the being in the hotel one kyle working out apparently that was like like why would you do that like they didn't really you know it's not a big drama but they're like why would you work out on your vacations like people do that it's okay yeah (laughs) it's not a big deal i don't know why we're talking about this it's fine um but then garcelle you know bringing up um her son i i very little context of what happened with that is brought into this. So I don't really know. Um, But she kind of brings up to the group that she doesn't trust them with her son talking about him or, you know, I don't know exactly what she doesn't trust them with um, beyond speaking about it, but it did feel kind of to me like, like this is kind of a weird time to bring this up. Like, and with her kind of argument with uh, who was it that she was, kind of Dorit Dorit, Dorit. yeah Dorit, Dorit. yeah um <laughs> like like I I think Dorit is being a bit uh being kind of not great either but like if you are only just saying something so that people kind of accept it it's like like that's what she, she just wants people to like acknowledge it well, It's like oh well then I guess you can just say it and then we'll move on I don't know like what are you supposed yeah. to do with like oh I don't <laughs> trust you guys with my kids yeah. Do you guys want to go get drinks? Like, what do you, like, how do you react to that? You know, like that is, that is some pot stern kind of stuff. It feels like, um, like, I don't know what reaction you're going to get that you're going to be satisfied. I guess bes- besides yeah, like, a, true. Yeah. I'm sorry and I'll do better, which like to kind of maybe tried, but obviously was pretty defensive. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't f- wholehearted or anything.
0: Yeah, it it definitely felt like Dorit was like, oh, I already paid for that. Like I already yeah. bought that. <laughs> I already <laughs> gave you what you wanted for that. And now you're trying to like get more out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes because it definitely seems like they're at like an emotional deadlock here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I it didn't that didn't even register to me that you know what what is Garcelle trying to get out of this interaction. Like why bother bringing that up?
1: Yeah. It just felt like here's a, we need a little more for this episode. Come on. Just, just, just say, so you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if they tell these people these
0: things, but it felt like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh,
0: Sandy, Sandy yeah. what were your, what were your uh, highlights from this?
2: Um, It was interesting for me to compare sort of the narrative arc of this episode versus Salt Lake City, where this one, had this big fight in the middle. And because of how as we just as you sort of laid out, Sutton's wanting to distance herself from her own behavior, it really ended in a whimper. And she, the way we can see how Sutton is not strategic, like she's already apologizing to people like 10 minutes after she had this outburst. Like, <laughs> you need to, you need to play it out, at least do your apology tour the next episode. Like, so she just she she doesn't think that way. Um, And then Erica is not fighting with anyone anymore. So why are you on the show, Erica? Yeah. So I was very disappointed. Um, It sounds like Erica might be a little catty next episode. So mate, we'll see uh, about that whole thing. But it just really like it was it was interesting. And then it just deflated. And I didn't really find the rest of the episode that interesting. Whereas Salt Lake City had a really good build. And I kind of started thinking it was a little dull. And it it ended really well. So and that was kind of interesting to observe and yeah, bit of a letdown. So
1: I will say Erica did show off her immense flexibility in her legs.
0: Does she perform
1: herself? Like, why isn't she doing this? Why isn't she in the magic? mic? <laughs> she show?
0: does. She's a, she's a pop star. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, star star is like using that term a little loosely. But, okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I I do want to talk about Erica because this was very weird as someone who has watched the show to see how Erica handles Sutton's like tantrum at her event. It was very uncharacteristic. Like uh, Erica is scrappy; like she will fight when the bell rings. So um, it was very strange, and I, like couldn't help thinking about that scene that we got, I don't know if it was last week or maybe it was two weeks ago in the premiere where um, Erica's with her like therapist and her therapist was trying to explain to her what empathy was. (laughs) And it it was, I was like, Oh, maybe she does have like some sort of like, I don't know. It seemed like a a character trait that she was just like, okay, I'm just going to turn off the like the fighting part of Mm -hmm. me. I'm I'm just not going to like engage with things. And it almost makes me view any of her like previous interactions as though they weren't emotionally motivated. Like, you know that she fakes having emotions because we have seen her like pour on the fake tears. And like when she seems emotional, it does seem like very put on. But the fact that, you know, recently she like seems very uh, confused at the concept of having empathy and to, for her to just be able to, you know, turn off that like emotional switch and be like, okay, well, that's not going to bother me because I'm just not fighting right now. Then, you know, I'm I'm not doing that. It does make me like feel very, um, I feel like I'm watching almost a, a robot that, or something that's programmed to interact in these, these situations. Yeah, um,
1: She's just building up. You know what I mean? You got to be like the Zen monk. It's like nothing bothers me, and then something bothers her, and she's like, "It is that's my true. time to fight," and then it'll be a clash of the titans, episode ten. Watch out for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think that covers most of what I've got on Beverly Hills. Uh, let's talk about Real Housewives of Miami, Zach. What What were your thoughts on this cast?
1: Um. Let me see. Uh, I don't feel like I have a strong feeling on the, I mean, like Gertie is is going through a lot. So, I mean, that moment, you know, where she talks about her breast cancer is like, I don't even know her. And I'm like, oh my God, this is hard to watch. Like that was like a real genuine moment, which was like, I don't feel like I've ever experienced that in a reality television show, you know? Um, Mostly because like these people are, themselves and like they actually i mean they're getting robbed uh they're doing movies they're going to jail apparently um (laughs) and they can get you know cancer and like it's you know reality is seeping in you know um yeah and so you definitely feel for her there so that was kind of the main thing like i don't know there's the gay brunch might have been fun we didn't see a ton of that um let me see uh larsa likes her husband Um, yeah, it was mostly, mostly, uh, Gertie, I guess that was, that was like the center centerpiece of this.
0: Yeah, definitely. I thought like Gertie obviously is the most like emotionally compelling piece of this, this entire episode. Um, I thought that the way that it was presented, I don't know how I felt about how it was like cut together because it, like you said, it was, it was very emotional and very like real, um, The way that it was kind of intercut with the brunch where they were speculating about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with Gertie and her health. I don't, I could have probably done with that being treated another way. Um, It was just like too adjacent to a very like emotionally weighted conversation. And um, I actually think that Bravo typically when they are dealing with heavy subject matter, they do a fairly good job of handling it and this was um i don't know it definitely like because of the proximity of the scene where they're you know speculating on Gertie's like what's going on and someone is like oh you know i hope it's not something with with her health and then you know immediately <laughs> yeah. getting this reveal i thought that um it almost played too much as a like a plot point um they're you know, definitely again, going
1: in hard on the irony, right? Like what you just said. And then like at the end with her fight with uh who is it? Larsa. Uh, yeah, Larsa. Yeah, like like she doesn't reveal why she's sad and Larsa's just like, "Should I cry too?" It's like if you just knew, like, you know, and like it's like next episode, I'm sure we're going to get that reveal, but it's like yeah, they're definitely yeah. playing with the irony of like of people not knowing. Um which might be a little callous for for uh, breast cancer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, so they did release a, um, a preview of like the first seven minutes of the next episode. And so I do think that that reveals out there. I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen just, you know, the reaction on social media and, um, it seems like Larsa does not have a very, a very comforting response to it, oh, so no. um, <laughs> it it could be that the like the scene that we got prior to that was um, trying to like force foreshadow this, um, you know, this perspective that some of the women are going to have over the course of the season towards Gertie as as a result of this. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this all plays out.
2: Yeah, yeah that uh, Sandy. Scene. What were your
0: highlights from?
2: Yeah, I was just going to build on on the like the Gertie and Larsa thing. Like, Larsa yeah. was a, really came off as an asshole in that last scene. It honestly, was hard to watch because you know, like I wouldn't have told her either if she's talking to me like that. So it it felt very real. And I'm not a I'm not a Larsa fan. I don't know if I don't know what if. The general population thinks of her i think they think she shouldn't be dating a younger man which i don't have a comment on that I don't care about that but anyway well she didn't seem like a great friend um
0: i I, I think the criticism of larsa's relationship isn't like so much about the age difference it's that um it's michael jordan's son and she was previously what the fuck like, <laughs> she was previously married to scotty pippen who was you know who was michael jordan's line mate on on the bulls so um (laughs) i think that that's where a lot of the criticism
2: is (laughs) someone said that it's it's kind of iconic yeah I, i i support that i don't have a problem with that um someone one of those little clips said something like this child that you used to babysit. And I don't know if that was used rhetorically or actually, um. uh, but <laughs> if if actual, then that's you know even more iconic. Um,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> she, she, she gives me a bad vibe though. So anyway, um, and then I had a, I was on a very much more superficial criticism of those two scenes being cut together, the brunch and the happy hour. What, how is a brunch and a happy hour happening at the same time? It's, who has messed up their times very badly or it's not <laughs> happening at the same time. And thus why do this whole thing where it seems like it's happening at the same time. So that annoyed me
1: mm, because it's <laughs> cool because it's storytelling, you know, it kind of impressed me. I was like, I've never seen like, I don't think I've seen like two conversations. So perfectly intercut where it's kind of like, you know, like the thoughts lead to each other, you know, what, what they're talking about. So yeah, it did. Like I said, Miami, like, the people who are making that show are going fucking hard. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ever, like, God, all the light, the color effects, and yeah, and the transitions and so. I
2: feel like He's that's gotta, mandatory for Miami. That was like, it's like CSI Miami. So much, so much color.
1: They need to start um, with the same song where he like takes off his sunglasses. Or mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the Who? Or that, uh, yeah, probably. Bob O'Reilly.
0: Is it Bob O'Reilly? Anyway, I, yeah, I think I think it's Bob O'Reilly on the Miami one. They're all yeah. they're all who different who songs. I think. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I think we covered most of what I wanted to talk about with <laughs> Miami as well. I really like. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, Adriana or Adriana um, when she's talking about. Uh, Todd and Alexia's relationship yeah. and this this party that they were at. Um, I just love what Adriana does. She does not give a fuck. <laughs> she is all about the housewife game. She is doesn't give a shit who she's like gonna piss off or like you know poke and prod. She just wants to stir shit up, and I love it. I think like you know for her to be like. Oh, Todd, it looks like you and Alexia are going to have to like set some time to work on your relationship or something like that. That is like one thing. That is like, you know, that is great, like housewife ship. Like, but then to bring that back to a group, just put it out there that she said it and release that information and just like not give a shit about like who sends it back to Alexia. She just wants it out there. She wants to cause chaos, and I, you know, I love it. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Do we believe mm-hmm. it? Do we believe Todd said right on the nose?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way that he he said right on the nose. It's yeah. it's definitely, no. <laughs> like, bullshit. But um, <laughs> the fact that she is, like, so confidently sowing chaos, and, you know, she just like kind of made peace with Alexia by showing up at a, a a brunch waving a a white flag of surrender. And then, you know, to immediately come and commit an act of war is (laughs) so brazen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. She's good. She deserves to be a full housewife.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. I think that, that about covers it. Did you guys have any other final thoughts on Miami?
2: Um, um, one other one other thing is I am super into a housewife being overly obsessed with their new partner, so I love that for Larsa especially because I'm not a huge fan of her. So <laughs> she's having a welcome back party after he was gone for a week, and this is giving me like Sheena with uh, Rob, whatever his name was, vibes from Vanderpump. Tawana, yeah. So I'm yeah I'm excited <laughs> for that.
0: I wonder I wonder how fast that uh, Michael Jordan's son can put up a TV.
2: We'll have and he to beat seven out. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's six.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um well thank you so much for doing this, Zach. Uh do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Um yeah, if you go on YouTube,
1: you can look up Zach Fraser. Z-A-C, Space, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Um, I have some videos up there, kind of gaming. Focus mostly like the magic mic video is kind of an anomaly to be honest um but uh but that there's that and then twitter um zc underscore frzr um i don't tweet a lot because you know twitter is what it is right now and makes me sad um but those are kind of the big the bigger places and then instagram i that's kind of a personal thing but if you want to see Photos I take, sure. Look up Zach Fraser on Instagram. <laughs> Why not?
0: Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Sandy, how about yourself?
2: I'm on Instagram at Corporeal Curios.
0: Well, that's Bravo Outsider for this week. I'm Craig Midwinter. If you want to look me up, you can, I don't know, add me on LinkedIn or like follow my GitHub or something like that. You're not going to find much interesting. Uh, But you can find Bravo Outsider on pretty much every social media at Bravo Outsider. Subscribe to us on YouTube or leave us a rating and a review. That helps us out a ton. Uh, Until next week, keep on wifing.